Are either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Yeah, well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry? You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. Ooh, breaking news in the screening. <laughs> well, I guess it won't be breaking by the time we get this all edited and recorded. But as we are stepping into the studio to record this, we have breaking news. Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we're from MadWolf.com. Just checked out the brand new trailer for the new Star Wars. Mm-hmm. going to be out this Christmas. This one called The Rise of Skywalker. Intriguing. Yeah. Got a little Lando, got a little Lando flying the Millennium Falcon, so got that's always nice to see. You got a lot of nerve coming here after the stunt you pulled. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting, you know, and it, it's funny because I get leading up to this trailer, I saw a few people in the last couple of days on social media still still arguing over The Last Jedi. And, Which you know, was a great movie. Let it go, people. It yes, go. it was fine. It was, it was a great movie. Ryan the, Johnson is a great director. It was the direction they needed to go. I'm telling you. Yes. And I'm one of the original Star Wars yes, nerds. Yes, you are. So it's yes, the direction they needed to go. We'll leave it at that. So yeah, Christmas. We're already getting excited for that. The Rise you know, of Skywalker. And we think, well... I know we're not the first ones to say this, but you were saying about that might be... Her. Yeah. She's, she's a Skywalker. I wouldn't they haven't told it. us what her background is yet. Exactly. I mean, they've been keeping it a secret, so exactly I, that seems right. pretty clear. But I've been wrong before. Um, our friend, though, John, he he says that Lando always kind of reminded him of you. Remember that? That you're the Lando. Oh, you're the yeah. Lando at our house. And do I, we have course, any Colt 45 at home? I don't think we Let's do. Let's stop and get Let's some on the do way. It. <laughs> I Our consider nieces that. would say I'm the Chewbacca. I, so that's. Uh... <laughs> you know what? I forgot that John said that. I yep. consider that a huge compliment. Oh, you should. Huge. I need. Yeah. A, I need a cape and some Colt 45. You do need a cape. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's the breaking news. Let's move on to the uh, new releases, the new wide releases, and actually one in limited release this week. But we'll start off. With the big reboot, it's based on the graphic novels Hellboy, caught between the worlds of the supernatural and human, battles an ancient sorceress bent on revenge. If there is ever an end in this forever war, it will be because of you and your strong right hand. We're the line in the sand. We fight against the forces of darkness. This is it. We're expecting a sign that says secret headquarters. How do you got to be saving the world or something? Does it do anything special? Yeah. It smashes things real good. I thought we were supposed to be fighting monsters, not working with them. So the new Hellboy is David Harbour, who you might know. Well, he's been in a lot of movies. Yeah, but, but I he think... kind of got known to match the face with the name on uh, Stranger Things. Right, yeah. And he's pumped up for this role. Yeah, and you know what? He does a good job. He really does. And, you know, it's it, it's tough, I think, to have, uh, you know, an emotional crisis under all of those prosthetics and red paint. But he does a very nice job. He's the the least problem with this movie. Well, you know, it's funny as we were this morning now that we, we have this weekly uh, TV gig here in Columbus on Fox 28 on Good Day Columbus. We stopped by to do the movie reviews and uh, Phil, the co-host, said one of the same things about this movie that I said early on. Why can't, why couldn't Ron Perlman come back in? And you pointed out that, well, he's he's 70 years old. Yes, he's, uh, <laughs> it would be Hellman. Yeah. I still think he could get it done. But I... anyway, I see your point. <laughs> but this movie is not just missing Ron Perlman. It's also missing Guillermo del Toro. And that's the one you'll really miss. And, you know, so it's a funny thing, although obviously I love Guillermo del Toro. And I think that 
um, a film where the monster is the center of things, and yet the film is full of innocence and wonder. That is that man's wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And and those are huge shoes to fill. Uh, but Neil Marshall came in to yeah. direct this one, and I was cautiously optimistic because right. he did... Uh, the Descent. The Descent, which, we which love. is one of the best, scariest monster movies of, the, of modern horror. And then he also did... Dog, Dog soldiers, yeah. right? And then, um, which is a great werewolf movie done on a low budget. Exactly. The, the effects are not great, but what he was able to do, he does effectively. Well, so one of the things that I think this film really shows um, is that Neil Marshall has a knack with practical effects that doesn't translate yes. to digital effects. I was so surprised by how bad this movie looked. Oh. It, it really was a big surprise, especially in a week when we get one that looks glorious. And we'll get to that a little in a, in a few minutes. But let's just keep with this one. Real thud. Yeah. It was sort of like the effects that we saw in uh, the Justice League. We're like, what? You, we know you've got a budget. What the heck? A little bit. I mean, because, well, it's, yes. I mean, disappointment-wise. Exactly. Yeah. And it, but they look different. It reminded me, actually, of, of World of Warcraft. That oh, big, yeah. bulbous, yeah. very, not really here, not really believing that they're sharing a screen, monsters. Right. There, there were a couple of images that looked great, but only really one of the monsters that was a digital effect looked good, yeah. and that was uh, Baba Yaga, and that wasn't even great, but she was, when they, she was creepy enough, and the way she moved was creepy enough, and that, you know, and then there was what was going on in Baba Yaga's house was so wrong in a, you know, great way that I could forgive some of the what it looks like. But the rest of it, the the other monsters just look ridiculous. And here's the other thing that differentiates itself. This one, they, they are not shy about being an R. There's F-bombs and there's all sorts of blood and dismemberment. Right. It's funny because the, the Baba Yaga sequence is one of those places where you are reminded, yes, this movie is not for children. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, and, and they, if you didn't know going in, you know, they let you know before you see any blood because there's an F-bomb, maybe four words in to the, the uh, opening. So it is definitely, I, but no I, question about it, this is an R-rated but movie. But I think because of that, they it's clear that was their ga- that was their goal. I think they were going no after a Deadpool type right. of R-rated vibe, fun R-rated vibe, and they can't find it. No, that's the biggest problem with this movie. Now, I'm not saying that Del Toro is a laugh riot. I mean, he, you know, I would say comedy is maybe his the weakest storytelling. But No, he's a hard-on-a-sleeve guy. Yeah, but, but, uh, but, Neil Marshall cannot find a comic tone here. And part of it is the writing. Because Hellboy has these lines that are supposed to be those funny, flat Hellboy. You know, and he says things like, Oh, that's going to hurt tomorrow. Dude, that's not funny. Yeah. Like, that's not funny when somebody's grandpa says it. Like, that's not <laughs> funny. There are so many not funny lines. And then, on the one hand, it's kind of nice that the supporting characters, the rest of his team, are not the same from the earlier films. So you get some fresh blood. Right. On the other hand, both of them are terrible. Um, and worse still, there's a girl who is a medium. You know, she's a powerful spiritualist. And that's fine. But when she touches someone's head, who's dead, and their soul speaks through her, they come out of her mouth through this big, bubbly, worm-like chain, and they turn into some sort of a half-creature with the right head and a weird body, and then they just talk, and they just stand up there and talk with these weird, small arms kind of flailing about. 
It's laughably bad. It's rid- and I th- and it happened once, and I thought I- I'm just gonna let it go, and then it happens a second time in like the, the most climactic possible way, and I thought, nope, nope, this is this is the worst part of yeah. a very bad movie. And there are also big speeches of exposition that oh just go God. on too it's long. It's just so badly you written. Know, and you heard a lot about trouble behind the scenes and maybe too many people getting involved with the direction, trying to retool it, and it's it just comes out as a mess. And it's yeah. it's a disappointment, especially if you have a, a soft spot for the original Hellboy. But this one doesn't have a whole lot going for it. Disappointed. Hey, before we queue up the next movie, want to say a big thank you to Linda R. Because she is always the first one to like this podcast. She always is. She is. Like right away. I always right. see it come up. I'm like, oh, who was that? It's Linda R. So, Linda, thank you very much. Really appreciate Number you being Number one fan. There. You're oh, our favorite fan. Love it. Love it so much. Okay, next up, we've got a woman who is transformed into her younger self at a point in her life when the pressures of adulthood become too much to bear. It's little. One. I really think I could help this company if you just gave me a chance. Just concentrate on being my assistant. Were you always mean? I got big and I got rich. So now who gonna check me, boo? I wish you were my age. Then I'd check you, boo. I wish you were little. I told you, watch it. So it doesn't take much to guess that this is a twist on the Tom Hanks classic Big. But what first jumps out at you is that its executive producer is 14-year-old Marseille Martin, yeah. who you may know is a co-star of the TV show Blackish. And she not only came up with this idea, but she pitched it. And even though she doesn't get a writing credit, I guess she had a very developed story to go along with the pitch. So good for her. Oh, yeah. It's done pretty well. This is not a genius film. It's pretty slight. And they do bring up, I was a little disappointed, they bring up bullying and don't really do much with it. And I was sorry about that. But mainly it, it gets by on two really smart performances. So Martin, who of course plays the 12-year-old version, the little, (laughs) and then Issa Rae from HBO's Insecure plays the very put-upon assistant to the adult version of Jordan, who's played by Regina Hall, but she doesn't have a lot of of part in this. Yeah, because the adult version is just the boss from hell. Yeah, and so when she finds herself because of magic and donuts turned back into her (laughs) 12-year-old self, she drags Issa Rae, her assistant, back with her, you know, so that she can she pretends to be her, you know, legal guardian, right. and she drives her and, you know, helps her kind of get. And then she also manages the company while sure. 12-year-old is back in middle school. And the two of them really do a nice job with the material. They really elevate what's here to to being something that's far more entertaining than it has any right to be. It's, it's interesting because we also just see this type of theme played out to very good effect it's in Shazam. Shazam. Yeah. yeah, so um, it works again here, and it works doesn't work quite as well, but it, it works on the strengths of the performances, and even though it's not a laugh riot, it's cute and amusing. Right. We go animated next for the story of Mr. Link recruiting explorer Sir Lionel Frost to help find his long-lost relatives in the fabled valley of Shangri-La. It's Missing Link. Legend tells of a lost species, a link between man and beast. For centuries, he's lived in hiding, but at long last, he's reaching out and ready to be found. 
still there. <coughs> Excuse me. Hi. You can speak. Yes, and um, I write as well. My penmanship isn't great, but, uh, you know, opposable thumbs and fat fingers, you know. Meet Mr. Link. <laughs> you know, like, missing Link. Ah! Wait, I don't get it. Well, this is the one you want to see. This is the big winner this week. Yes. And it, I, I guess it surprised me. I wasn't really looking forward to seeing it. The trailer didn't enthrall me. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you what, and we both agree on this. Even if you watched it and the sound wasn't working, even if you hated the story, the way this thing looks it's, is just eye-popping. It's glorious. It really, really is. And it's, it's a fun contrast because the characters themselves look a little bit claymation-y. Mm -hmm. But the vistas behind them yeah. and are, are so are so wondrous. It's amazing. But then also, and you pointed this out to me when we were watching it, the direction, the way it goes from like a ripple in a pond to, I mean, it's just it's just beautifully put together. Yeah, it's uh, the latest from Leica Studios. Is that how you pronounce I, I it? I believe. It's the uh, smaller studio that's gaining quite a reputation quickly, and it's run by the uh, son of the chairman of Nike. So uh, Phil Chris Knight's son. So they've they've got a few dollars. They do. And they did. Uh, they've done Paranorman, uh, and the director here, the writer director Chris Butler on mm -hmm. this movie also did Paranorman. did Paranorman. They also did the Box Trolls. They did Kubo, Kubo and, and the, the Two, two strings. strings from which this is 2016. A little closer, just in that Kubo. One of the great selling points there was how glorious yes. it looked. They are really on the cutting edge here, and we, and it stands to reason. Every shoot, every day, every month, the. Uh, technology gets better so things are going to improve and they are really on it uh, in terms of getting the animation to look this glorious it's a stop-motion type of technology mm -hmm. and it's just yeah you're right every little scene dissolve or scene change or yeah. then there's a wide shot or then there's a tight shot oh, yeah. it's just amazing but I also found the story to be fun. It was and fun. So it's not a laugh riot. It's not, no. it's not a zany comedy. No. It's a little bit subdued but and, and a little bit dry, but yeah. very funny, amusing, sweet, fun. Yeah, it's set in the 1800s, and uh, Sir Lionel Frost, who's voiced to great effect, oh, I think, yeah. by Hugh Jackman, uh, makes him a very droll, self-centered... Is self -centered, there anything he can't do? I don't think there is. Uh, <laughs> droll, self-centered type of guy. He wants to be able to join this uh, esteemed explorer's club, and he wants to get some bag some mythical beast, and he gets a hot tip about a Sasquatch. Well, it turns out that Sasquatch was the one that delivered the hot tip. That's right. Because he, and he's voiced by Zach Galifianakis, uh, and he's the missing link, and uh, he wants Sir Lionel to take him to another mythical beast, the Yeti, a family of Yetis who who uh, this missing link thinks is his, his family, and he right. can reunite and not be so lonely. So that's what takes them globetrotting, and they hook up with a, an old paramour of Lionel's, Adelina, mm -hmm. uh, voiced by Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana, and they're chased by an assassin, Stink, uh, who is voiced by Timothy Oliphant. He's great. Great. So yeah. that's the adventure. The voice acting is great. Um, it, it, like You're right. It is fun. It's not hilarious. It's a bit of an upper crust type. It is rated PG. Mm -hmm. So I will say the littlest ones probably would get restless at right. this. Right. But everybody else, I think you'll find a, a fun adventure that is, it's a bit restrained, yeah. I guess, but in a nice way. Oh, yeah. I, I, there was enough for me to really stay engaged mm -hmm, in it. Mm -hmm. And even beyond that, it, just, just the visuals alone uh, make this worth a look. And I've probably our, our favorite of the week. Definitely, Miss, Missing yeah. Link. One more in wide release this week. It's a young woman falling for a guy with a dark secret. What? 
and the two embark on a rocky relationship based on the novel by Anna Todd, It's After. There are moments in our lives that seem to define us. Choose their dare. Are you a virgin? I dare you to make out with Harden. I'm done playing this game. But isn't it really about what lies beyond those moments? My life before him was so simple, and now there's just after. Well, fan fiction strikes again. Uh, this was fan fiction from the band One Direction, written about fantasies, I guess, about the band One Direction, and specifically Harry Styles, who I think is meant to be this guy, this lead in the movie. Uh, I want to say this. This this is my favorite part of this movie. It's when you came out of the theater and said, guys, I believe in love again. That's my favorite part of this movie. <laughs> yeah, and I know, look, I know I am not the demo here. No, you are not the demo no. here. And I was actually, there was a young 20-something woman who approached mm-hmm. me after the movie because she saw the notebook in my hand. Because I made sure the notebook was very easy to spot. So you didn't see like, some creepy spot. dude like, yeah, exactly. trying to pick up young like, women. what's this guy doing here? But she did. She asked me. and she, she realized I was reviewing it and wanted to talk about it. And she's a fan. You know, and I just had to say, it, this it's so obvious that it is fan fiction because, you know, and God bless her. She's made a million dollars. Hey, right. good for you. But it's obvious she's just, and I'm talking about Anna Todd, the writer of the, uh, the books. Mm-hmm. She didn't write the screenplay here, but she set the tone for this story. And it's just checking off the boxes of these types of movies. We've seen them a hundred times. She clearly has two. There's a lot of Fifty Shades of Grey here without the whips and the chains. Um, Which was also fan fiction as, at, ex- its, that, at exactly, its heart. Yeah. Exactly. So I guess that's, that's a game plan yeah. now. Yeah. So it checks off all the boxes leading up to the one that w- we might hate the most, which is the essay read at the end of the movie uh! in, in voiceover. And here's the thing that I, that I was talking to this, this young woman who stopped me about. At the end of the essay, after we've seen these two get together and then you know fall apart and get back together and all the usual cliches of these movies, in this essay, when one character is pouring their heart out and explaining why their life has been changed in such a better way from the love of this other character, you're telling all that, telling us all that. Movies are a show medium. And unless you have shown us one reason, just one, to believe any of that, well, then it's all for naught. And there's nothing in this movie to make us believe, to make me believe no. any of that. It's just it's just a series of daydreams it's exactly what it together is. with incredibly emo pop songs. That's exactly what it is. So basically, yep. I could have written this in the seventh grade about John Taylor from Duran Duran. Right. You it's just, just what I was when I wasn't paying attention to Mr. Rombach and mm-hmm. I was daydreaming about getting an apartment with John Taylor from Duran Duran right. that somebody that else they is don't paying have to for, pay for so we didn't have to work. Or that he can come up multiple times and just say, I want to show you something. And then he could take me to some lake that, that nobody, nobody else knows at. about. Right. And somehow he does. And yep. it's just it's it's rapturous. And right. It's just sitting around coming up with these daydreams and then connecting them in the loosest possible way. And I, I, I found it just really difficult to sit through. But uh, here is something that troubles me about this type of film, and it's not just that it's bad, and it's not just that it's really kind of lazy literature. It's this theme of... Literature is being kind. Yeah, it is. Well, I haven't read the book. I should probably not say that. It's the idea that the fantasy is to find a guy who's basically a dick and is a controlling and jealous kind of a dude, but your love me, and he sees how special you are, and that turns him into something good. That that don't date that guy. And you girls. know what else? You know what else they almost always have, and they have it here. 
the the girl has to screw over a previous boyfriend, mm-hmm. but at the end he ends up admitting to her that it's okay. Uh, She's it's all sure. right, and, it, and he laughs it off just so she can feel okay. It's all right. right. That happens a lot, and it happens here too. So, but it's not good. No. But if you love it, you're gonna go see it. You're gonna go see it no matter what we say. That's so right. enjoy. I will say one thing. Uh, the lead girl in this, Josephine Langford. I guess she's done some TV. She shows moments of potential. Sure. So I think with wait, wait, and with this story, better with material, this dialogue, there, there could be something. Oh, uh, with better material, there could be something here. And and the, the other thing is the director Jenny Gage. Mm-hmm. She did that documentary, All This Panic, a few years ago. Right. That got real, you know, some real genuine young adult emotion. Uh, but she's hamstrung by this material as well. So yeah, maybe hopefully they uh, both get another yes, shot. Onward and upward for both of them. And in limited release this week, we've got the story of a man trying to keep a low profile after his defeat by Ip Man. He then gets into trouble after getting in a fight with a powerful foreigner. It's called Master Z, Ip Man Legacy. So what now? Mr. Joel. Well, Matt Wiener did the written review for us at MadWolf.com. He was familiar with the series here. That's, this yeah. is the latest in his series, and uh, Matt thought it was decent. He did. He liked uh, it. Picked up right where the last. This is the fifth in this series, and it picked up right where the last left off, and followed uh, Max Zhang's character as he decides. Basically, he's just gonna he's just gonna care for his child. He's just gonna you know uh, be a good family man. Uh, and then, of course, this being a martial arts film, uh, there are thugs, there are police, there's looming villainy, and he gets pulled back in. And the fight choreography is really the reason to see this, which I think is probably the reason to see everything in this in this series, anything mm-hmm. in the series. And, uh, Michelle Yeoh, always glorious. Dave Bautista. Dave Bautista as the villain, yeah. which is an interesting choice. Um, you know, I don't know if it maybe represents anti-colonialism for coming as a Chinese film, which would make it sense, or if it's just Chinese propaganda, which it could be as well, because they have a heavy hand in what they do. Yeah. Either way, Dave Bautista does a nice job. So that leads us into the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Checking out what's new on home video this week. Actually, one that we just talked about last week, the Western horror movie The Wind. And uh, we liked it very much. Yes, Very creepy. Very creepy. Also, animated movie Mirai is out this week. Yeah, a beautiful anime. Again, on the topic of family, really Mm -hmm. beautiful and well done. On the basis of sex, the dramatic version of the life of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, led mainly by the performance by Felicity Jones as as RBG, It, it... it's written by RBG's nephew, so you can understand the hero worship. And, of course, her life certainly deserves uh, some worshiping. But this movie, though, you don't really get the sense that it's that enlightening because it has so it's much hero about it, which sure, yeah. m- might be understandable, but uh, it doesn't get as in, as um, revealing as it could be. And I still would recommend the uh, documentary RBG oh, sure. probably over this one. Although the, I will say the final shot, the final sequence in this movie is certainly something to stand up and cheer for. Welcome to Marwan with Steve Carell is Nothing out as well. Nothing to cheer for there. Yeah, no. it's too bad. And it's, and it's funny because it's, it's, it's another one. There is a documentary. The documentary is far more yes. interesting. And part yeah. of it is because there, there are some reasons to question what this man is doing. Yeah. And it's easier to get past that in the documentary, in the narrative version, it really makes him out to be just 
wholly good, and that's never a good right. thing. And right. uh, the movie winds up being really very problematic and not very entertaining. Yeah, if you're interested in the story, and it is an interesting story, the documentary is called Marwin Call from, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago, yeah. something like that. I might want to look that up. Also, A Dog's Way Home is out. It's the latest in the Dog's Purpose series. I think there's another one coming soon. Yeah. This one benefits from director Charles Martin Smith, who did the two Dolphin Tale movies. Mm-hmm. He knows his way around a kid's movie, and this one is better than A Dog's Purpose because he just makes it a, a flat-out kid's movie. Right. It's basically Bryce Dallas Howard narrating a picture book for your kids. That's basically what it right, is right, because right. you hear every thought of this dog. And she's the voice of the uh, dog. And she's the voice of the dog as well. So um, if you think of it that way, it can be a lot more palatable. Looking uh, forward to next week, we've got a few coming out. The Curse of La Llorona, a new horror movie as well, uh, coming out. Also Teen Spirit with Elle Fanning. The new the new Mike Lee, uh, historical drama Peterloo, comes out next week. Yeah. Little Woods, looking forward to that. It's the same director who's going to reboot Candyman. So Ooh, okay. we haven't seen her first feature yet, but we're excited to yeah. do that. And then also the, the musical Stuck. And High Life, which could be weird. Yes. Claire Denis directing Robert Pattinson and Juliette Binoche looks intriguing. So that's next week. In the meantime, let us know what you thought about any of these. You want to stick up for Hellboy? You want to stick up for After? Let's hear from you. You can always find us on uh, Twitter. That's the easiest way. We're at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Mad Wolf Columbus. And the main website where you can find all the written reviews and some other fun stuff, including our horror movie-only podcast, Fright Club. You can find that all at madwolf.com. We appreciate you listening to the Screening Room Podcast. And wherever you are listening to those podcasts, please remember to... Subscribe, rate, and review. Yeah, we appreciate that very much. So until next week, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye.